Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast to get you waffling about your mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks the journey. So join me each week as I open up shop and have a waffle. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop Podcast. Today I'm joined by the brilliant Steve Peralta, who is the co-founder of the incredible mental health platform Unmind, but he's also a fellow podcaster and hosts the show Flourish. Steve, welcome to the Waffle Shop. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. It's great to be here. Well, that was a mouthful. Like, I felt like I was out of breath there when I was trying to fit up <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, we're just speaking just now. The sun's just started shining through my window, which is great. Um, but yeah, no, I'm cool. I'm good. Oh. Good to hear. Good to hear. So <clears throat> I'm about to kind of like ruin this kind of like the nicety of this yeah. now, because I start each one of my shows with something called the weekly waffle, which is something that gets on my nerves that once I've said it out loud, hopefully it makes me feel better. Sometimes it works nine times out of 10, it actually doesn't. And then I go back to actually still being annoyed about it, but life goes on. We, we, we keep going. <laughs> um, but what's really annoyed me this week, and I mean, it's only Tuesday, but the thing that's really getting on my nerves at the moment is the phrase, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's purely because I keep saying it. So I'm <laughs> probably, I'm annoying myself, but it kind of comes back to this whole conversation when you actually break down, like it is what it is. Like, should we just be accepting it is mm. what it is? Mm. Cause then I was like having like an internal argument with myself. Like, well, no Taylor, 
like it's not what it is like if either that person's behavior or this situation or whatever it might be has affected you in a certain way that's made you feel a certain way mm -hmm. it's not all right it shouldn't be it is what it is yeah i hear you i think anytime we use like a like a common phrase just keep on using it without actually thinking about the the meaning behind it i think it mm. probably is worth uh, being irritated by or about the one thing I, that I thought about when you said that it is sometimes it is like it is yeah but I guess that it's like you accept and if it needs to change you make the changes or you invite yeah them. you know what I mean? a bit of both I reckon oh okay yeah. I needed to hear that because it's like okay yeah it is what it is but I'm not going to let it affect me I'm just yeah. going to carry on because yeah. I can't change it well, change it, if, change something if you can change it, but, but yeah. yeah, if you can't, then yeah. Do you know what? There's a reason, I, I love these conversations because it's like I have them exactly at the right time that I'm supposed to have them. Have them. Um, is there anything that gets on your nerves that kind of is a bit like, gets on your go a little bit? Mine's less deep than yours. Um, you have to be honest. I mean, and, I, and I don't think, sharing this will make me feel better it'll just show, <laughs> just show some of my quirks and what dork i am sometimes but what really irritates me <laughs> are feet if they are close to my face and if the soul is like sole up near my face and it's a it's a bit of a problem because my fiance like loves foot massages and um so it's something i'm trying to overcome but i just seem to have this thing that's been with me since i was a little boy yeah that feet especially if someone's like intentionally putting feet by my face and maybe even spreading the toes out then i'm that seems to get on my nerves quite a bit. <laughs> you know what, Steve? I think that's my favourite weekly ruffle. <laughs> never in a million years <laughs> expected to someone to come on the show and be like, yeah, feet. Yeah. <laughs> bear, the bare sole of a foot <laughs> is what winds me up. I appreciate that. It does. It does. I mean, there are not many other things that do. I mean, sometimes... Sometimes, you know, if people are walking a bit too slowly in front of me, that might be yeah. a little bit, but really the biggest thing for me is my face. Yeah. It's a barefoot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, to be honest, I don't know where this conversation is going to go now. For the rest of this. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So getting kind of into like the main conversation with yeah. this, like I, I need to throw like a compliment your way because I have so much respect for anyone who goes through a pretty tough time and then uses that kind of like that pain and those kind of like feelings and that experience and creates something that prevents other people from feeling the way that you and to be fair, this is the reason why the podcast exists like the way we feel um and obviously that is obviously in mind yeah. i want to kind of go back a little bit and obviously feel free to kind of share as much as you kind of like want to with this but like how did that journey start for you to get to that point of like okay I need to create something now that stops people mm. feeling the way I did mm. yeah I mean I'd say I mean obviously our whole life leads towards wherever we are right now but I'd mm. say that during my late teens so about from the age of 19 onwards I, I, well, I was diagnosed with depression at 19 um it was really yeah, really struggling in my life at that stage. I guess prior to that, it made a bit of context. Like I'd, I'd done pretty well at school, but my rebellious spirit had been starting to sort of rise yeah, up in me <laughs> my, my later teen years. Um, I went to uni, I, I, I dropped out after a few months and became a bit of a, 
I guess, a bit of a reprobate. Um, I was, uh, I guess, kicked out of my house and I, I went overseas to London and try and find myself, but that yeah. sort of made things a bit worse. And I just got into a really bad state. I had no, like, no sense of meaning or purpose and pretty unhealthy lifestyle. Um, I'm not saying those are the only reasons, but everything's sort of... Yeah, it's kind of like a catalyst for it, though, isn't yeah. it? Kind of like just one thing after another, it kind sure. of builds into something. Yeah. Yeah, so experienced depression at 19 uh, for a while. And then over the next decade, that was a bit of a challenge for me. Um, and I had insomnia as well. So about 10 years of oh, insomnia, wow. which was really, really tough. I mean, I used to just not be able to sleep. I probably averaged yeah. about, you know, two hours a night for 10 years. Um, so that was like the context that gave me that, like, let's call it the reason for doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. But how that evolved was I um, eventually came back to South Africa from London. Um, my initial desire when I left school was to study music, but I wasn't allowed yeah. to. That's probably why I dropped out of, of university. Anyway, I came back. I studied music at the age of 23. I studied jazz um, as a oh, singer, a writer and stuff. And I really loved that. My life just transformed. Um, and things were great again for a few years. I then got onto a, Africa's first sort of reality TV music program. It's like a mix yeah. of idols and, and Big Brother. And I did uh, pretty well in that. And with that came this like unexpected B-list celebrity fame thing. And <laughs> anyway, that, that took me down a few bad paths again or less than, less than healthy paths, let's say. Um, I started struggling with my mental health again yeah. for a few years. And then reached a point my late 20s that I decided I need to just pull myself out of that situation. Um, I got a, a job as a cruise singer on a, on a cruise liner for like a year nice. and a half. Yeah. Just traveled the world, gave me a chance to really reflect on my life. And I did a lot of reading. I really got into like psychology and, and um, you know, spirituality mm -hmm. and well-being and philosophy. And I guess started like applying those kinds of things I was learning in my own life, sort of transforming my, both my mental health and my physical health. And then during that cruise or, you know, extended cruise, it was almost two years, realized I wanted to, as much as I loved music, you know, leave the industry and do something where I was helping people. And what seemed uh, meaningful for me then was to try and help people do what I was starting to do in my life, which was like proactively transform it and experience yeah. more meaning and fulfillment and, and purpose and, and happiness. I wasn't quite sure how I'd do that. And I was almost 30 at that stage. I didn't really want to go and study to become a clinical psychologist for another seven, eight years. <laughs> so uh, I thought the body would be the easiest entry point and I became a personal trainer. And then over the next 10 years, did various training and qualifications and so on. And eventually I became a coach and I became a mindfulness facilitator as well. And I combined all those things, starting to work with executives, helping them to deal with like the demands of, of you know the workplace and the yeah. stresses, etc. Um, they'd invite me to come give talks to their employees, and I you know loved doing that. I started doing um, sort of face-to-face -face programs on stress management and mindfulness, and I just started developing a bit of a connection to helping people in the workplace because clearly they were they were struggling. And then there was a, a really defining moment where my my stepfather, I was visiting him in hospital. He had collapsed, and you know it seemed like a heart attack. It wasn't a heart attack, but it yeah. was all like work stress related and in that same week a few of his colleagues i think one died of a heart attack one oh, um, wow. died by suicide and um 
I just remember thinking there's something seriously wrong with the way this probably doesn't apply, well, it doesn't apply to everyone, but for a lot of people, their relationship to work and the work environment yeah. that they're in are just, just weren't working and they weren't conducive to, to well-being. And given that we spend the majority of our time at work, you know, at work, yeah. You would, you would hope that it's different. So yeah, I, I then sort of just, you know, thinking how could I reach more people than just my one-on-one -on -one stuff? Yeah. Started working on an idea for a platform um, and ultimately met um who is now my, you know, my co-founder and the CEO of my company, and Dr. Nick Taylor. Um, and we shared, we came in from two, two different perspectives. He came in from the clinical side, helping people with mental health problems. Yeah. I came in from the coaching side, helping people find meaning fulfillment. It seemed to be a nice mix. And that sort of in, informed what Unmind is today. But that was back in <clears throat> early 2016. We started the company in late 2016, and then it's, it's grown. And yeah, to where it is today. It is. Again, I'm going to throw it over there, Blood, because it's phenomenal. And, I, and we can say it again, Blood, about people who go through those sort of kind of like really tough times and are able to kind of still kind of get up and give back to obviously stop people from feeling that. But I kind of want to rewind again. Well, not obviously so much, but like to be diagnosed with depression at 19, like even like people who are diagnosed with depression, some people may not have even heard of that word. Yeah. Or they use it very loosely, like, oh, I feel a bit depressed. But to actually like be clinically diagnosed with that at such a young age, like that must have been like quite a in itself could kind of deal with. And then if you throw in like a lack of sleep, and then yeah, like, but there, there's a kind of a real turning point there that I, I kind of do want to highlight. And it's about kind of it's the music kind of side of things. It's it's yeah. like that outlet. And there's a lot of people who kind of listen to the show that are very much like, oh, like it wasn't until I listened to this that I actually started doing the things that I wanted to do or the stuff that I love to do. Yeah. And I imagine kind of following that for you at that point was quite like the outlet that you desperately needed. Definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. It was the outlet and it was a case of me doing what my soul wanted me to do. Yeah. Like, you know, doing that thing that I was meant to do. And I think that often... And again, it's not going to apply to everyone. There's, there's, there's a whole complex host of factors that, that inform our experience of depression. But I do think one of them is a misalignment or disconnection from what our soul, our deepest part of yeah. ourselves wants us to be doing. I know that sounds a little bit metaphysical, but if you look at the root... But it's true, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at psychopathology, what that means, if you look at it, break it up into its root Greek meanings, is... Uh, a study of the suffering of the soul. Um, and I, I think now mental health has become overly medicalized, but to me, I see it more as a, a bigger thing like that. It's yeah. a, a relationship with oneself and the soul and others in the world, you know? If, so with kind of like your lived experience and with what you do now, like, because to be honest, I could have done with hearing this conversation back when I was kind of feeling the way that I did, obviously before yeah. the podcast started, mm -hmm. If there is someone listening to this now who's kind of feeling that way that you did back then, like what would you say to kind of as a bit of advice or even just like from your personal experience? Yeah. So again, I would say there's no one size fits all and different approaches will work for different people. My recovery took a long time because I think I didn't understand what mental health was or what yeah. depression was. I didn't know what my options were. Um, and so it was like a long slog of just 
you know, figuring stuff out along the way. Um, for some people, they, they might need, um, you know, uh, medical support in antidepressants, perhaps that wasn't yeah. my route. Um, but if you, I mean, first of all, ask for help. So that's, that's one of the first pieces of advice I would give, like speak to people that you trust, let them know how you're feeling. Even just having that ear, someone to talk to can be a, you know, I, I didn't have anyone then. So that, that can be a, a, a huge help. Um, it's going to be different for everyone, but there are some, at least some, some foundational things that we can get in place which, which will help us at least create that foundation for well-being, you know, stuff like, you know, sleep and, and, and exercise and getting out into nature and, and being with friends. But, but I do also realize that in the real depths of depression, sometimes those things are, are difficult to come by. So, you know, if you really are struggling, then seek help. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. One of the, it's fun, obviously phenomenal advice, which, you know, I would obviously echo that because it's the things that are technically free as well. Yeah. And it's yeah. just sometimes reaching out, having that conversation can make, yeah. it can, it can save lives. What, yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. I want to touch on the year that you started um, with Nick, um, yeah. the business. So you said like 2016. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm only saying that because that was around the time that I was kind of like, I was like leaving school and kind of, I didn't have a clue who Taylor was, what Taylor was doing. Like, it, we just kind of thrown out there and like, oh, okay, this is what we need to do now. Yeah. So mental health wasn't a thing when yeah. I was in school i'd never heard of it until probably the past like five six years do you think that it's getting better with the conversation from obviously having that such a kind of i don't want to say like step up because obviously you were living it at that time but like do you think it's improving or do you think that we've still got a long way to go or like what what are your thoughts on that i mean i I definitely think it's improving i think over the past five six years the, the awareness of of mental health, first of all, of what yeah. mental health is, um, of some of the things that we need to experience positive mental health, mm-hmm. good mental health. I think those kinds of things are um, becoming more um, part of like the public awareness and consciousness. You know, we're speaking about it more. It's it's in the media more. Yeah. You know, celebrities are talking about it more. So it's definitely part of the conversation, which is so important. Um, there is There is still some way to go in terms of understanding mental health and its fullness, understanding what it is and what it isn't. You know, I, I think there's maybe at the moment still, and obviously like I realize I'm probably in my bubble of, of interacting with people who are aware of mental health. But, yeah. but I would say the evolution that needs to continue to happen is a realization that mental health is not a set of problems it is not just the depression and the anxiety and, and the other mental health problems. It is, it's the full spectrum of, you know, the human experience. It's, it's the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really important. Also that, you know, mental health isn't something you get. Mental health is something we all have all of the time, I think is, a, is an important thing to continue uh, understanding. And based on those two things, it's something that we can proactively nurture and look after and develop in ourselves and importantly for each other. Um, you know, the individual agency part is really important to me. I think it's important for us to take responsibility for our lives to whatever degree we can and take proactive steps to look after ourselves. Um, and we can speak about what those things are a bit later if you want. But equally important or yeah, equally important is the society that we co-create together to support 
each other's mental health, particularly those that are more vulnerable. You know, it's 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 both. You need both. You yeah. need agency and you need the environment that will support people, you know, their mental health, their well-being. And, and those are things I'm really passionate about and some of the stuff that we're starting to venture into with our mind as well. No, I can hear it in your voice though, like when you're kind of like when you're talking about like just how kind of passionate you are like about these conversations. I was going to go on to something else in terms of the conversation, but now I'm going back to what you just said um, about kind of like looking after yourself. And to be honest, I don't know if I've actually ever asked this on the show, but like, how do you look after yourself? Like, how, how do you look after your mental health? Yeah, yeah. So I guess it can be thought of in like a few ways. Like if, you want to, if, you, if we think of mental health being let's say a combination of your psychological health, which is what we mostly equated with, but also our physical health and then our social health or social well-being. So in other yeah. words, our, the things that will inform our state of health will be our, our beliefs, our thoughts, uh, how we navigate emotions. That's all the internal stuff. Then in terms of the physical stuff, that's our physical health, but it's also yeah. our habits and our behaviors and those kinds of things. And then social health, how do we relate with others? What's the quality of our relationships? Do we feel a sense of belonging in our communities? Are we adding value to our communities, et cetera? You know, we, those are the kinds of, if we think of, okay, what areas can we focus on? It's, it's those areas. So ways you can go about it is to, and you might do this with a therapist, you might do it with a coach, you might, there's a lot of like sort of, you can do some self-help stuff with, you know, there's some cool CBT resources out there, but you can start to uncover, identify maybe some limiting beliefs or or sort of recurring negative thinking patterns that you can start to to reframe and work on in more sort of constructive positive ways there's that um you know rewriting your life narrative um because it's always a perspective you know it's, it's always a perspective so just rewriting it in a way that's that that feels more constructive and one that has a more of a a healthy trusting relationship with the, with yourself and the world i think you know, that's something great to do in terms of staying in that inner domain, simple stuff like gratitude journaling has been shown to be really, really effective at helping to, to, uh, you know, train the brain to become a bit more positive because we have this natural negativity bias. It's normal for human being to notice the negative things, but we can train our mind to become more, more positive, more optimistic. So there's that. Um, a whole host of things you can do in that space and the physical stuff, it's stuff that we know it's, it's, prioritizing sleep it's so essential like i definitely know that having <laughs> i was gonna say time, <laughs> speaking from experience <laughs> to sleep moving your body it doesn't have to be you know gym it can be dancing it can be going for hikes walks but moving your body making sure you're drinking enough water eating healthy food that kind of stuff this is all part of looking after your mental health as well yeah and then strengthening enhancing your relationships with with others and that that requires work that's we're could be the most difficult, difficult space, but like it's a full-time job sometimes. It is. <laughs> so that requires both self-compassion and compassion for others as well. And just having the intention to want to create healthy relationships with others can, is, is a good, is a good start and making space for other people's perspectives. That's, that's another good thing we can start to do. So there's many things you can do, but yeah. maybe starting with one small thing and, and building from there, like, a gratitude journal is a if, if you're not doing using that i think that's a that's a really practical thing that can make positive impact quite quickly 
Do you know what? I'm, I'm really glad you said that because mine's over there. Um, and I used to think it was one of those things that was like, dear diary, I've yeah. had like a really bad day today. And it's not at all. Like there are so many different ones that you can get that have like prompts in them to kind of like steer where like the conversation or even just the way you, like you think about certain things. Yeah. And I, I love it. Like, I mean, and I, I genuinely feel bad. Like if I forgot to do it before I go to bed, I wake up like, oh no. So I'll have like a quick, like two, three minutes in the morning and just kind of getting my thoughts out onto my head. And then there's something really powerful about every now and again, just kind of going back like four or five pages and reading how you felt on that day, whether it's good or bad, if it's bad, you've overcome it. You thought that was the worst thing that was going to happen, but you're still here like a week later, still going. And if it's good, everyone likes to look at photographs, old photographs and, or listen to an old song. So it's that kind of nostalgia that kind of kicks in that you're like, ah, that, that's, that was a nice memory. So I'm echoing that because I'd, I'd be lost without it. 100%. I mean, so that, that extends beyond just the the gratitude side of that, just journeying in general. I think it's Mm -hmm. such a powerful thing you can do. I was just to, to touch on what you just said. Now I was looking at one of my, I got like loads of journals. I was looking at one of them this morning and I, flipped through and I went to, it was like the first, it was week three into the pandemic. So it was like yeah. March, 2020. And just reading like what I was thinking then and, my, and then like knowing what we've come through. And it's, it's such a powerful thing, 100%. It's, it's, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit sometimes when yeah. it comes to just like how far we actually come or how we overcome things. Yeah. Like we're so easy to fall into that kind of like negative mindset of like, Oh, I can't do this or this situation is so bad but guaranteed like we're going to get through it it's like getting it's like getting through to payday it's yeah. like we always like it always get like to week before and you're like oh what am I going to do but we always do it we all regardless like we always make up yeah. like or we always show up um for yeah. ourselves which I think we need to give ourselves a bit more definitely. credit for definitely definitely yeah I mean reflecting on on tough times that you have come through and 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 how you came through that and your qualities that you drew on to do so that kind of stuff's really really powerful like it builds your self-esteem your belief in self your uh your realization that you you know the tough the tough times sometimes gives birth to like more meaning and you know it's it's it's, it's good stuff yeah. that we can remember those things and i think journaling is a great way to to track that this is this is the problem i have with this podcast because now like (laughs) the waffle has started so the stuff that i want to talk like i've made notes to talk to you about i'm like okay well that's good that can wait a minute now i want to get your opinion on something you mentioned about kind of um i think it was like your stepfather um it was like stress related with work um, and i i i feel like we're in this kind of real kind of toxic kind of generation at the moment when it comes to kind of if you're not up at 6 a.m you're a failure if you're not going to sleep at a certain time and you're like you should be working 24 7 and running at this rate obviously one of the biggest shows is back on the uk uh, back in obviously love island is back on sorry in the uk at the moment and i'm not saying that this is to blame for this at all because I'm, i still watch it like i'm not gonna lie it's it it's i'm that person but obviously with that obviously there comes like this kind of stereotype of like 
just kind of running at 100 miles an hour like you should look a certain way you should feel a certain way like you should be like a ceo of a company at like 22 like from your experience and what you've seen and what you do with like in mind like surrounding like stress management and stuff like like what are your thoughts on that kind of generation mm. of like kind of running themselves down to the ground i mean they might not not everyone but yeah no, sure. I mean, I mean, I think it's been around for a while and now yeah. it's manifesting in like a, a different way with this like hustle culture. Yes, that's what I was trying to um, get to. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably driven by a few different factors. Now with, with social media and, and you're seeing all these other people who are hustling, you think oh, I need to match them. And it's like this, you know, it's like trying to keep up with the Joneses kind of mentality yeah. is that. But it might be driven by this... Um, Sort of false belief that true fulfillment and like yeah you know, well that true fulfillment comes through like just being being on the go 24 7 you know elon musk style and there, there are some people who do that and and will do well you know elon musk being an yeah. example but definitely uh one of the rare ones an outlier i would say you know most people will ground themselves into the into the ground um we are oscillating creatures we need periods of intense focus yes but then periods of recovery then intense focus and recovery and you know it's one of the phrases i'm using with some people today is, is to view active recovery as part of your job it's, it's essential if indeed you want to perform at your best and and achieve what you want to achieve so like if that is the motivation then going about it in the in the non-stop hustle way is actually counterproductive because you're going to burn out Burnout right now is definitely on the rise. Mm -hmm. it's, it's prevalent across, you know, our site in workplaces. And it just takes, requires a bit, of a bit of a step back. And I was hoping that the pandemic and lockdown would offer us that chance to reflect. And it did. Mm -hmm. um, but it's quite easy to just uh, either fall back into old habits or maybe to lean into them even more. Um, but it's not, it's not sustainable. So... If we're, going to, if we're going to keep it workplace focused or, or work focused, it's about sustainable performance, not like smash it and then burn out. It just, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that's how I would think about it. If the if that achievement and performance side of it is the motivating factor, realize that you're only going to perform at your best if you are well rested. If you give yourself enough time to to exercise, to be with to be with people, um, it's that like healthy balance between the two yeah no i like that i like that and i think quite a lot of people who listen to this show will kind of take a lot of like pit like bits away from that as well if not like the whole thing because it is a dangerous trap to fall into and obviously comparing yourself to others like online is like you're instantly you're setting yourself up to a to fail 100%. like straight away the minute you open your phone in the morning it's um this will come back to the to the soul piece. You know, we we got, we're getting so much information coming from outside sources. Do this, do that, be this, be that, and social media. But really, like your your, your best uh, guide is your. I mean, this again going to sound metaphysical, but it's yourself. It's your yeah. deeper self, your soul, and you need you need quiet time for that. You need some solitude. You need a chance to be away from your screens and just to be with oneself. And very often, you'll you'll intuit like what is right for you. And and it's certainly not going to be. It, let me drive myself into the ground nonstop. You know, you, you'll, you'll know that. One thing I will say, however, is that, and this is an irony here, like 
you know, I started a mental health company. In the first few years, I worked way too much. Um, yeah. And I was in that hustle mentality uh, without a doubt. And I got to a point where I was struggling, definitely. And um, over the past few years, you know, I've changed that by recognizing, and maybe, maybe the pandemic actually played a part in this, you know, recon recognizing what is truly meaningful and important in our lives um, works a part of that, but there's way, way bigger things as well. And we need to attend to those things, which we can't do if we're just going flat out on, on the work front. So it's taking a, bit of, taking a bit of a step back and really connecting with what is valuable in your life, truly valuable, what's meaningful. It'll often revolve around people or, um, you know, creativity, um, that kind of stuff, being in nature. Those things are really important. We need that in our life. So, yeah, the, I guess the, what I was saying there is that it happened to me who should have known better given what I do. Um, but if you find yourself just becoming increasingly burnt out or feeling like you're losing a sense of uh, control and meaning in your life or you battling with sleep, whatever it might be, take those as signs that ah, something needs to change and take a bit of a step back and again, just reconnect with what you really need, you know? This is brilliant. Honestly, I'm, 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 I'm literally like lapping up every word of this. I was like, listen to this, Taylor. <laughs> like, I can't wait to go back and edit it <laughs> to be like, <laughs> right, you've heard it again now. Um, it's, I, I love having these conversations because especially when it comes to the pandemic, I know obviously it was devastating um, and obviously it, a lot of people kind of struggled for it, but the pandemic for me, and I think very similar to yourself, like it made me stop. It made me evaluate. It took everything that I was trying to control away from me. Yeah. And one of the things that was born from that was the podcast it was a creative outlet it was like free therapy for me and it's st it still is it, you know I'm getting to have these kind of incredible conversations with people who either have lived the experience or you know they're talking about the things that I generally for the first time like I'm okay to be talking about with no like I don't like with no shame kind of thing yeah I want to talk about flourish yeah because this has become one of my new favorite podcasts it's because I feel like I'm at, like, don't get me wrong, it's yeah. more competition. So, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> but I feel like I'm genuinely part of the conversation when, you know, some of the, your guests that you've had on as well, like the likes of Tom Daly, Reggie Yates, like Matt Willis is my favourite. Like, it was yeah. just the conversation from start to finish was just brilliant. How have you found kind of being on that side of it, kind of like when you are asking these kind of questions, like, do you not find it like so, I don't know. I feel like for me, it's like, it's a bit of an honor to be sat having these kind of conversations with people. Like, how, how do you feel like being sat in like that host seat, speaking to some of these people? Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, I had some nerves in the beginning, I had some nerves. Um, I guess the way I overcame it was just, was by just seeing it's a human talking to a human. Yeah. And, and these are meant to be human conversations. And so, and I guess I just chose to show up with curiosity, you know, just being curious about, about these people who are in front of me who are doing, who've done amazing things in their lives. And so I, I just, I loved it. I loved speaking with them. Um, I thought they were all just so gracious. Um, Matt Willis actually messaged me today and said he wants to hang out. So that's cool. <laughs> oh, the, there you go. Um, but yeah, and I love that conversation. And I actually had so many um parallels that i could recognize with with his his journey as well and and you know he was just so open 
and yeah. authentic as as they all were. So, yeah, I found it initially. I was, if I'm being honest, a little bit daunted at the at the prospect of it. But as soon as I started having those conversations, and maybe because they they didn't have they didn't come in with massive egos, they were just humble and and yeah. willing to. To, to open up as a human being, I think that that settled things down to me quite quickly. Yeah. I think you, you can kind of tell, can't you, when like you're sat having a conversation that it's not just like, oh, okay, let's talk about mental health. It's yeah. like these are the people who are feeling these emotions. Like you've had like award winners, Olympic gold medalists, like some people like who have been at the top at that of their game. And it just kind of proves that regardless of whether you're an Olympic gold medalist or whether you're, you know, a doctor or a singer, whatever you might be, we're all feeling this. Like we've, we've all got mental health. Like you, you said it earlier on. And it's that kind of conversation that it's so engaging. And I hate saying this word, but like it's genuinely like really inspiring to hear that because it gives me that kind of, kind of courage and that kind of like safe space to be like, well, yeah, okay. Well, I'm not the only one who's feeling like this. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. And what I love about their stories, um, and this is almost one of the things I'd love people to take away from these conversations, is that they've all gone through their struggles, and some of them like really, really difficult struggles. Mm -hmm. And it is literally that it's the suffering, it's the struggle that gives birth to, like I say, more meaning, more connection more of oneself in the world. Yeah. If, we, if we approach those struggles with, and obviously, you know, there's gonna be a time when it's just gonna be difficult to approach any struggle with any sense of agency, but to approach our suffering with a sense of, you know, humility, but also hope and, and just find that, that glimmer of, you know, optimism, yeah. and compassion for self, compassion for others. Those kinds of things are what invite us to approach our suffering in a really human way and they invite us to then like become bigger through it rather than smaller. And, and in all of those stories, that's what seems to be the sort of the common theme. And I just love hearing them talk about it. Yeah. It's kind of proof though, again, isn't it? That like beautiful things can still happen. Definitely. Like, I mean, we, we touched on it with like, even from like a journaling point of view, from like something that could be quite minimal, like from these really horrible, tough times, like me, you, you going through your journey like me going through what I did I wouldn't be sat here having this conversation I mean neither of us would be if we hadn't have gone through those struggles and those tough times yeah. but for obviously for anyone listening is the fact that bad things will happen and they will continue to happen unfortunately we can't control that but what we can control is how we respond to those kind of things and we can still kind of give ourselves that level of compassion and we can still achieve what we're, we're put on this planet to achieve yeah yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree totally. I agree. It's um, it's recognizing that it, it's going to happen. So like knowing that is you know it's it's part of the human condition. It's also what connects us as human beings. You know, we all do suffer. We all experience pain and challenge to varying degrees, and it's what connects us. And that's something I really felt during the pandemic was, wow, everyone is experiencing this now. So I think, again, if you approach your suffering in that way, then that can be healthy for your, your soul and your spirit. Um, you know, treat yourself as you would treat a friend during your times of challenge, you know, be kind to yourself. And uh, all those kinds of things, it, it, it just invites a human response. But, but, I, but I do really think the, 
the hope piece is important. It's not, it's not like wishful thinking. This is um, believing that you know, there is a way out of this. And then to whatever degree you are able to, taking some responsibility for, for bringing that about. And I say that like with, with caution. There's sometimes, yeah. sometimes there are external factors that we don't have control over. And I think that that serenity prayer is quite a, a beautiful thing to consider in this kind of situation. It's, I can't remember how it goes, but it's where you, it's, I'll paraphrase, but like identify the things that you can't control, let go of those. Identify the things you can control and really invest your energy there and then you know, have the wisdom to know the difference between the two. And I think that can be a powerful um, sort of heuristic for approaching the challenges that we all go through as human beings and knowing that we can come out on the other side. It's that, it's that lotus in the mud metaphor. And I think it came up on one of my podcast conversations as well. But like the, the lotus spends a lot of the time in the mud and it actually ends up drawing its nutrients from the mud and then it breaks through the surface and then boom, it's this beautiful lotus and it flowers and it's itself. And I think it's quite a nice analogy of, of how the tough times can be that, that source and that food for yeah. more beauty in our life, you know? I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm stealing that. Steve, <laughs> I'm, take, I'm taking that. <laughs> I, I stole it from the Buddhists. So. <laughs> no, that's, that's right. Sharon's Karen. <laughs> So, uh, to be fair, I'm a little bit like, well, okay, I, I'm loving this. Um, this is personally my, my favourite part of yeah. the show. And I'm very excited now because I didn't know about your musical past. So yeah. I've got high expectations for this. So music is one of my biggest coping mechanisms, whether I'm sad, happy, mm. like whatever it is. There's a song for it, like the journey or the good times, the bad times, whatever it is, everyone's got that soundtrack. I want to know what song needs to be playing to get you on the dance floor. Hmm. What song needs you playing? Wow. I can only choose one, right? Yeah. Only just the one. Oh, okay. I mean, I love like house and deep house, like anything like that, if it comes in, I'll, I'll get in the dance floor. But if I had to choose one song, if I hear, I don't know if you'll know this, and this takes me back to my, my, my younger days, but if I hear just the, the first few, it's a, it's a bass line, the first few notes of uh, Brown Paper Bag by Ronnie Sires. I don't know if you will know, but oh, it's a drum okay. and bass DJ. Maybe you weren't expecting that, but if I hear that, and I know what's to come, yeah. to drop, then I'll get up, I'll be waiting for it, but I, yeah, that, that song will bring in the dance floor 100%. I like that a lot. Do you know what, you're the first person? No, no, but you know what though? I'm, I appreciate that because, yeah. I mean, I was, a, I was a 90s house baby. That's, yeah. I was, that's yeah. what I grew up on. But you're the first person who's come on like with a dance track. Everyone else goes to like the cheesy kind of yeah. like classics or like the songs that they think will make them look cool. Whereas <laughs> that I could tell like you felt that one. Yeah, so no, I appreciate I mean, that. That's, that's an honest answer. Yeah. <laughs> so on the flip side of that, what song kind of if you are having a bad day or if you need to have like a let the emotion out a little bit like what song kind of or is there a song that kind of puts you in the in the feels a little bit mm. yeah i've always loved melancholic music like it, it, it I, li I like the feeling that i get when i listen to it um but if i think about the song when i last cried listening to it and this was maybe about Six months ago. Um, <laughs> about, about, about six hours ago. <laughs> this. Yeah. Um, six minutes. <laughs> I was going for a walk in the countryside and I had my earphones on. And it's a song called, and again, people might not know this, but it's a song called Caruso. 
and this version's by uh, Pavarotti um, of Ooh. all people. Um, but it, it probably, it's probably connecting with the part of my, I got Italian heritage, but there's maybe some Italian bit there. Yeah. It's also my grandfather's favorite song who's, who's been passed for quite some time. But I think it goes beyond that. It just, it just seems to really just connect with something that's really deep and soulful for me. Um, it's beautiful. And the way Pavarotti just brings so much like gravitas to it and so much emotion. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie, every time you lean back, I'm expecting you to start like bouncing out. <laughs> so every time you let back, I was like, oh, <laughs> is he gonna do it? <laughs> I mean, by the way, I do also like cool music, but um, but these are the these are the songs. Oh, whoa, 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 that... that's cool. Da, da, da. Don't come on this show and stack <laughs> Pavarotti off. <laughs> I love Pavarotti, yeah. So it's his version. Andre Bocelli does a beautiful version as well. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Joe, I was not expecting that. This, yeah. this, part, this episode has literally just been surprise after surprise after surprise. Not that I expected anything kind of like bad yeah. or anything, but like it's been genuinely like really insightful. Cool. To kind of wrap it up, obviously we've got to bring it back to obviously and mind because it is a phenomenal platform and everyone who I've kind of spoken to who either works there or who I've connected with like have got a real sense of pride and kind of what it stands for and what it, you know, it continues to do on a daily basis. I mean, you only have to look at kind of like the, like the Instagram posts and stuff like that that you post of just how like, yeah, okay, I want to be a part of that. What's next for it? Because obviously I know obviously the, the, the podcast has got to keep going shortly. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Good. Because I'm a little bit addicted to it now. <laughs> so, but with that, like what, what's next for it? Where, where do you want the, where can you see in mind going? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for the first five years, our, our focus has been really on supporting the individual employee um, with their mental health. So helping them to understand the mental health and then take proactive steps to look after it, which is a really important piece of the puzzle. But there's another very important piece, which is the culture of the organizations that they exist within or that they work within. And so we're now also focusing on being a, a culture change organization, helping leaders and, and companies to create cultures that really foster um, flourishing in the people that work there. Because I think one of the problems with the workplace to date, which touches on what you mentioned earlier, like I think for too long we've thought of workplaces like mechanistically as machines and, and the employees are just part of the machine, which you know takes you away from the humanness, the humanity of the whole thing. But an organization is an organic, living, breathing, complex mechanism made up of human beings who have very real needs and wants when it comes to being able to like have meaning and fulfillment and connect with others and feel like they matter and they, they belong and that they can play to their strengths and all the rest, you know, flourish in other yeah. words. So that's part of it. It's, it's, it's filling that other piece of the puzzle where it's, we continue to support the individual, but we also help the organization to create the right type of culture to to foster well-being for their people yeah do you know what though it, it's so needed and then i think i speak for a lot of people when we, we've all worked somewhere that doesn't exactly have the best kind of culture and i think i mean i'm, I'm fairly very lucky now that I, I work somewhere with that exact kind of like if you need you need to take care of yourself whereas yeah. obviously there's a lot of kind of organizations out there that don't where can people find out more Obviously, I know like you've got the social media. Obviously, we'll tag everything in. But like, if people wanted a bit more information, like where where can they go? In terms of unmind, it's unmind.com. 
and you'll you'll get all the info you need there definitely yeah. well, that was the nicest and easiest yeah, well, kind I mean, of blog I mean, <laughs> if you want to know more about what we're doing as a company and mine.com you know, <laughs> find the company on linkedin i'm on linkedin um got Flourish, which is on you know spot yes, all the, all the, everywhere all of those which are too fair and i'm not one for doing this but yeah. i have to say i can't I wouldn't normally be like, oh yeah, go and check someone else's podcast out. But honestly, it is genuinely brilliant. Like some of the conversations that have been had on there. And like I said, like Matt Willis's for me was like, there were certain points of his where I genuinely felt like I was in the room. Like I was felt like genuinely like emotional, like to be a part and like quite lucky that I got to listen to that. Um, So definitely after you've listened to this episode, obviously go and check out Flourish. It's on Spotify, Amazon Music, apple podcasts obviously give it five stars because it is genuinely brilliant thank you you did a much better job at plugging plugging my stuff and yeah, I. yeah so, do you know what you can have that i'll, I'll send that over to you <laughs> no, thank you thank you so much for saying that and I've, I've just loved chatting with you no generally it's been i didn't know what to expect but you have absolutely smashed out of the park like some of the advice and some of the things that we've touched upon in this episode, like I know for a fact that I'm going to take stuff away from and the people that listen to this show, like I know are going to take stuff away from this. So genuinely, Steve, like, thank you for joining me for a waffle. Of course. It's been yeah, such an honor. So thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. 
Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.